Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are Louis D'Souza and Anne-Marie Young. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And as usual, I'm happy to be doing another podcast episode because, as listeners know, I was just uh, in the middle of a very last-minute move to a new home, and I'm settling in after all the chaos and crisis, and it's nice to relax and do something fun again. So thank you guys, everybody who's here helping me make light out of a happy day that before that wasn't all that happy to be honest i, I almost had hypothermia <laughs> over the weekend but we won't go into that <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we'll do is we'll talk about first of all amory and louis how you doing i hope you guys had a good weekend hope you had a better weekend than i did i mean well that wouldn't be difficult actually <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure we did well <laughs> so I'm sure. i i learned to play chess this oh, weekend yeah. We can I've have a never game. played, and I've always wanted to play. So yes, I haven't won a game yet, but I, I don't think I'm far away. It, it, it takes a lot of practice. That's good, though. Yeah, I was going to say for fun. one weekend, that's pretty fast. Yeah, <laughs> this is a tough game. I, yeah, well, I've got I've got the moves written down on a piece of paper in front of me where everybody goes, but I'm beginning to get there, and I'm strategically thinking. But yeah, so that was my weekend, and it was very fun. Very good. All right. Yeah, that's good. I like that. It's got a smile on my face. And we're joined today by Jennifer Seven. Yeah, that really is her last name. <laughs> Jennifer Seven. What a great last name. Uh, thank it, you. It's kind of like a throwback for, for Star Trek fans. It's, it's a throwback to the character Seven of Nine. But, uh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> and if only I looked like her. <laughs> uh, yeah. But we're very glad to have you here today. You now you are uh prim- is your primary thing weight loss? I know you weight loss. You, I know you're a nutritionist and and you have a, a variety of coaching services. But but what's like the the focus of what you do? Yes, definitely it would be weight loss and doing mm-hmm. it through nutrition. We're not about not that I don't think it's important. It is important, but we we don't do exercise with our clients. We encourage them, but mm-hmm. it's really about what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm I'm going to like go out on a limb and say it's also about your mindset oh gosh absolutely i mean <laughs> we all know we need what we need to do but it's how do we do it yeah and mentally emotionally yes for absolutely 100 percent for sure so, so yeah. how did you get involved in doing this oh my goodness uh well actually i i got involved doing some corporate wellness more from an event planning uh standpoint where I was going out to companies all around the DC metro area, which is where I am, and helping them set up health and wellness events for their employees, for the benefit of the employees. And while we were doing that, we were also doing biometrics. So we would do some uh, cholesterol glucose testing just on site and do a quick, uh, quick analysis. Like it's high. <laughs> you need to <laughs> diet and exercise. <laughs> so that was the extent of our coaching because we, were, we weren't doctors, but there were so many people that were struggling with these issues that I was like, wow, I think I would really like to do a deeper dive and see what I could do with helping people more on an individual basis than just those five minutes we had with people in the corporate environment. So that's how it all kind of started and launching uh, a weight loss business. I had no idea how hard it was going to be because how, how many weight loss, uh, diets there are out there and how do you get yourself differentiated and how do you get trust because there's so many scammy types of things out there so yeah it was quite a quite an undertaking in the beginning (laughs) and how did you end up going holistic um i think it's just my nature (laughs) i think that i've always just been drawn more to things that were holistic and even with the corporate wellness events that we were setting up, it was it was fun to bring in an acupuncturist or the chiropractor or an energy worker or something different, something new. And that was a lot of learning for me because I got exposure to these people and, and the types of work that they were doing. So I've always been more drawn to that, actually. So when I got into weight loss, and we use a very specific science-based nutrition program, but what I've done is tried to bring in, as we were just talking about, the mindset piece, the emotional eating, the mindset meditation to to help people get beyond just what you're supposed to health. Understandable. And then you also have a podcast and a book, both by the same name, Unbreakable Spirit. Tell us about those. 
Yes. Well, I went through a very difficult time in my life about eight years ago, a difficult divorce and uh, actually ended up going through bankruptcy. And it was a really tough, tough time in my life. And I, a few years after that, after I felt like I had gotten past some of that through all the holistic healing that I decided to go through, I uh, got an opportunity to, to be a part of the book Unbreakable Spirit, which was a uh, co-authored by a number of women who had been through very difficult things. So we all put in our stories. It was very cathartic to be able to do that. But for me, I wanted, for me, the whole purpose behind it was to show other women when you go through really difficult things that you can get to the other side. And so after the book that we kind of let that sit for a while, but then I was like, yeah, I think I want to do more with this. So I came up with the idea it was about a year ago that I wanted to take that and and do a podcast and bring women on and share their stories but all of it to be about that you can thrive that you can survive and that these women their stories are just so inspiring and so amazing and it just touched my heart all along the way so that's how that all came about it was through my own experience to the book to the podcast and I'm particularly sympathetic because uh, my own divorce just got finalized this past Friday. So I've been through. Oh, is, a, a is this why we had to move? <laughs> I, I, yeah, that was part of it. Yeah, it was not the only reason, but it was part yeah. of it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it, and it, this was a relatively easy divorce, if there's such a thing. Mm. But there, there's nothing easy about divorce. I don't care what the circumstances yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. And mine certainly was not uh, yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> it was much harder than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Say, well, that, the okay, two please. hardest things that anybody can uh, experience as a human is uh, moving house and divorce. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Most stressful things, I think they say, a human goes through tends mm. to go through. Yeah. And then job changes, if those come along. And, and then the financial aspect, which happened because of the, it was like this domino effect that just kind of everything was pretty difficult. Yeah. But, but through that, I, I found in my misery, (laughs) (laughs) I think, what is they, what do they tell us when we are in our darkest, most hurting places, that's where we find our strength. And then Mm. we will work hard to overcome that and find our strength. So for sure, for me, I, I had some people along the way that, that guided me and gave me some things to do, like learning how to develop a gratitude practice and a forgiveness practice and, you know, started yoga and taking care of myself because I actually then found myself with some health issues, which from all the stress of all the ick that was going on, had to work through that. But it, it was a a journey that I, I, well, I won't say that I was glad I went through it, but I'm glad I went through it because I am a different person than I was then. And I'm very happy now. So. That actually makes a lot of sense to me because it's, it's like any kind of really traumatic experience. We never want to go through it again, but we always learn the most from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't right. gone through that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you're stronger for it. Just don't. No, thank you. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> well, they say, though, if you get too comfortable, something's bound to come on and shake us up again. <laughs> But they do say there's no rainbow without a rainstorm. Yeah. This is yeah, true. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So okay, let's let's go back to the the uh, the weight issue thing then, uh, okay. because my understanding is that uh, certainly nutrition plays a, a significant role. There are a number of things that play a role. Another thing that plays a role in weight issues is emotion. Mm-hmm. It plays a, a role in a number of different ways. Uh, from an LOA perspective in terms of, you know, where you're giving attention. So that's obviously going to have an emotional aspect to it, but also just that weight issues are usually tied to emotional stakes of various kind, just because there is an association there. There, There's Mm -hmm. a pretty clear association that's been identified by a lot of different people. So I'm curious to know, as you've been working with people, uh, particularly women uh, regarding weight issues, how much do you find yourself dealing with the emotional side of things? Well, for, for me, so the, the weight loss protocol that we offer, and I have health coaches that help me with this, it's very much about this is, it's very black and white. This is what you need to do, how much you eat, when you eat, how much to sleep, et cetera, et cetera, exactly what to eat. I like to take that and then offer something more, which is that mindset, emotional piece so that we can talk about 
emotional eating is a big one. Uh, we, and I, I laugh about this sometimes because it's like, well, you know, you eat when you're miserable. You know, we, we eat to, to feed our shame, our guilt, our anger, our hurt, our loneliness, or even our boredom. But then we can also eat out of rewarding ourselves. Well, I feel great today. So I'm going to go have that glass of wine or I'm going to eat that chocolate cake because something good happened. So it's really, I think both sides, it's not just the, unhappy side we can do this too as a I was a reward using food as a reward but I I really like to talk to women about that feeding that hurt that negative side that dark side and and what can we do not to do that how can we distract ourselves and it's a vicious cycle because we're we're already unhappy with ourselves and as women I think more than probably men we really beat ourselves up about our appearance and our weight. And we can look at the media for that, our environment for that. There's a lot of pressure on women to look a certain way. So we're not, we're already not feeling good about it. And then we come in and we're trying to do this diet and maybe we have a bad day. We have a bad weekend and we start to feel defeated and mad at ourselves and angry at ourselves and, and, really frustrated and ashamed and guilty because we just did all the things we knew we weren't supposed to do. And now we feel really miserable and it's a vicious cycle. So it just, it, it causes a lot of spinning around in the same not good place. So I I like to approach it with my clients. I'm just like, look, today is a new day. We cannot beat ourselves up about the past. The past is the past. It's done. You can't change it and try to bring them into that mindful place of let's just be where we are right now. And let's think about what we can do today. If we have, I had one client and I thought it was a beautiful words of wisdom. She says, I just take it an hour at a time and from one hour to the next, what do I have to do? Because if we make it too big, then it's really hard to, to stay on track with that. But it's, yeah, no, I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's like, okay, so you mess up on Friday, but you, really should do is pick yourself up and get right back on track on Saturday, but then it becomes the whole weekend and then Mm -hmm. suddenly it's Monday and then you're embarrassed and you don't want to go in and face your coach. And then if it's like Thanksgiving, then you're like, forget it. Christmas is coming the holiday. So I'm just not going to do anything till January. (laughs) It's just this very vicious cycle that we can get ourselves into. Well, the hour by hour thing is actually a great idea. Um, from, in LOA terms, we call that either prepaving or, or segment intending. Basically, intending what are you going to do the next hour? What's going mm. to be your focus for the next hour? And when you break yeah. it down into a small segment like that, yeah, that becomes much more manageable. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I, I really try to get help them get their heads in that space. But it is, it's very emotional, very emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are some of the other uh, kinds of issues you experience when you're when you're working with clients? Uh, yeah. Well, so there's the, definitely the emotional piece. Of, we talk a lot about being prepared and prepping for this because, again, if you have some control of what your week's going to look like or your day's going to look like and you can get yourself set up for that, uh, either if it means shopping on the weekend or prepping on the weekend and planning out what your meals are going to be for the week, that's definitely going to help. And then in our coaching, we're like, okay, what's coming up? Do we have a birthday coming? Do we have a party coming? Do we have a a work event that's going to throw you off? Okay, then let's talk about that. Let's break it down. What can we do? What's our plan going into it? Because at least if you have a plan, you have a halfway decent chance of staying on it than if you have no plan. And you just walk in and then you're hungry or you see something and you're like, oh, okay, I'm just forget the diet for now. And then we're back to where we started. So planning and being prepared mentally, super important. Um, I like to bring in the meditation piece. Uh, I like to talk about mindful eating with them. We need to talk about slowing down, just slow mm. down when you eat because we I don't know if you do it. I do it. Do you ever just eat really fast? Especially <laughs> if I'm frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you have a lot to do and like the last thing you sit at your desk and just eat real fast because you got to get back to what you're doing. So mm-hmm. we need to slow down. We need to give our, our stomach and our brains t- time to catch up. It takes about 20 minutes for the hormones to signal from the stomach to the brain that I'm full. So if we eat too fast, we'll overeat. 
because our stomach hasn't had time to signal to the brain, look, we're full, we're comfortable, so we need to slow down. We need to chew our food. We tend to not chew thoroughly, and we could yeah, get if we, if we rush through it, we actually miss out one of the best part, the flavor. Yeah. We, we skip the flavor entirely. Yeah, so savoring it, savoring mm-hmm. each bite. Uh, there's also a lot of... Uh, Things going on in your mouth with triggering, you know, signals to the body and that we want the chewing really helps with all of that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hormonal signaling going on. Uh, so I tell people, if you eat too fast, just try putting your fork down between each bite. Literally mm-hmm. set it down, finish chewing, swallow, and then you can pick up your fork again. So little tips like that. Um and enjoy, try to enjoy it. Enjoy the meal. Uh, even if you're alone, why not set a pretty attractive place at your table? Use your good china. Um, my, I used to joke with my mother all the time because we got all this wedding china, you know, and then you never use it because you're saving it. <laughs> you're saving it for that special occasion. So right. you use it like twice a year. So yeah. I'm like, get your good china out. Use it. Get a pretty crystal glass. Put water in it with a lemon. Put some candles on your table. Put some flowers on your table. Turn the music on. Make it a lovely experience, even if you're by yourself. That's okay. Be in that moment. Be enjoying that meal and slow down and just enjoy it. Be fully present with your food. It's a good idea, yeah. yeah. And Marie, as, as our resident expert, I mean, have you ever had to deal with these kinds of issues? I don't know what, what your oh situation God, daily. is. Daily, (laughs) yeah. I'm, I'm a like a massive um, emotional eater. So I, you know, I used to be somebody who like on would be like, fine, I'm going to start on Monday, binge at the weekend, um, Monday come, and then by Tuesday it's out the window. Um, So that I recognised, and yeah, if even now I, I do eat very well now. I eat a lot, lot better because it does help my mental health it helps my physical health it, I just feel better for eating better but if I'm emotional if I'm tired if I'm upset stressed whatever it may be then food is my go-to um but I'm getting much much better like like you said is just going okay okay I, I've, I've had that bar of chocolate I didn't really need it but rather than I'll start again tomorrow it's like I'll start from now we'll get back on track and we'll just start eating better. So, and to be fair, I prefer eating fruit to chocolate, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> the minute I'm upset, I'm like, chocolate. <laughs> just want it. So yeah, yeah I can about completely that relate. Sugar. Yeah. Mm. It yeah. Is, it's that instant hit, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and I tell my clients too, if you're having that craving for that chocolate or that, glass of wine or that ice cream that you need to sit with that a little bit before you eat Mm it. You know, just sometimes I'm like, just, can you leave the room? Just leave the room. If you're in the kitchen, leave the room for 10 minutes and then come back and see if you still really want it. Uh, Do something to distract yourself, but okay. Get the bowl of ice cream out, get it out, look at it, stare at it, smell it, think about it. And then if you still want it, then eat it. But, make that a conscious decision that you have decided I am going to enjoy this. I'm going to eat it and I've decided and that's okay. Instead of the just eating it mindlessly and then beating yourself up for it because you're like, why did I do that? Now I hate myself. Blah. I don't even, it didn't even taste that good. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> we do but that too. Yeah. I do think it's important not to beat yourself up about it, though. I try not to do that now, whereas before I, used, I was so hard on myself, but I don't beat myself up so much anymore. It's just like, it's happened, I'm human, I just want chocolate. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes it's just chocolate's the only thing that I need. <laughs> so, yeah, I try not to beat myself up too much. Yeah, I think that's really healthy, not to beat yourself up over it. And mm. and sometimes just a couple bites, you know, if you take those first couple mm. bites and you're like, okay. I got the chocolate and uh, maybe I don't need to eat the whole thing. So eat half of it <laughs> and save it. <laughs> I thought with juice sugar, it makes me feel like I'm being better. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, and actually you just saying that makes me think of something that I hear a lot from my clients. I've been bad. I've been bad. Mm. I've been bad. I'm bad. And I'm like, gosh, no, no. <laughs> 
you're not bad. <laughs> I don't like those words. You know, we're not bad. We just made a choice that wasn't really in our best interest. <laughs> but I, I don't like those words, you know. I just don't. I don't think it's a good mindset. I agree. Um, I mean, I, I don't think preference should ever have good or bad attached to it. And we tend to do it a lot as mm-hmm. human beings. Yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, preference is a preference. It's like, I like this. I don't like that. that. There's nothing wrong with either one of those. They're both mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Right. So just, yeah, again, it's like shifting that, the way that they're talking to themselves and, and yeah. Just... Now, I have to say, that, and I'm not recommending divorce, but divorce is good for weight loss, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> because since, since my ex and I separate, I've lost 20 pounds. <laughs> I didn't have to Ooh, do hardly anything. Was that intentional or did it just the stress It, it was it? intentional. No, it was intentional. It was intentional. But uh, it, for some reason, it was easier. I don't know why. I know why. Yeah. Why? Because you fell in love again, and you know they said about when ah. <laughs> <laughs> Or you want to fall in love, so you want to look your best self. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> well, and maybe because you decide you decide to take care of yourself. Yeah. Because, well, yeah. So I mean, you know what that's like when, when you go through divorce, you, you're reinventing everything. You're starting your life all over again. So you ask yourself, well, okay, what do I want that life to look like? Mm-hmm. And that was part of my answer was, well, I want to knock some of these pounds off. And, and I did. I mean, I'm, I'm down to the lowest weight I've been since before I got married. So I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. And well, I not knowing your situation, but sometimes, well, it's funny too. Sometimes when we're happier, you know, we eat better or Maybe we don't, <laughs> I don't know. but, um, you know, yeah. So, cause we're not feeding that sad part, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think too that, and that one of the reasons I try to bring meditation in for my clients, although it, that's a little bit more of a struggle for them is because I, I believe our bodies inherently know what is good for us, but we get so out of our bodies we're somewhere else with all our thoughts that we're not listening to what our body really wants for us. So if we can slow down and start meditating and getting a little bit more in tune to that inner voice, that we will start to make some better choices just naturally. Uh, body wants to be well fed with good nutrients. You know? knows well, what that's, it needs. A, that's always a good practice anyway, just learning to listen to that voice as it's often called. I don't mm-hmm. really hear it as a voice, but that, but I know what you mean that, that internal um, messaging system. Messaging. Kind of what I think yes. is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that messaging system, when we learn to listen to it, it it's helpful. Mm-hmm. It helps a but lot. But Anne-Marie was saying she was listening to it every time she gets stressed, she has uh, some chocolate. No, I bring this up very, very specifically because I also used to do weight loss. Um, and I, I often found that people couldn't, they, they were totally unable to understand what their body was really saying um, and and to act appropriately. So, you know, you really, I often used to tell them, don't, don't listen to your body because <laughs> it's telling you to eat the, the wrong and message. do this and do that. So, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's, it's a challenge. So you, you kind of go back to every subject, two subjects, wanted and unwanted, and um, you, you break down craving you know, what am I really craving for? Um, what's the positive side of it and what's the negative side of it? Um, and then, you know, you focus more on the positive side, you know, okay, yes, I do want chocolate, but, you know, if I get a balanced amount of nutrition into the body, it'll satisfy it to a far greater degree for a longer period, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've also been, I've, I've also been working with clients on overcoming their sabotaging thoughts. So we get in this, mental war. Uh, I really want that, but I know I shouldn't have it, but I really want it, but I shouldn't have it. And which thought is going to win? (laughs) It's usually the one that says I want it. (laughs) And so it's, it's like a muscle that you have to practice the, the other thought, you know, because we give so much attention to giving into the, the self-sabotaging thought that it wins, that muscle tends to get stronger. So working on literally, literally writing it down, the reasons why you 
shouldn't be eating that and practicing that and pulling out your card if you need it to remind yourself why that's not serving you to strengthen that muscle. It's like a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy there, but <laughs> I'm not a therapist, so I can't say that I do that, but <laughs> just uh, something. Sorry, something I, I do is if, say, for example, I've got that real urge for chocolate or something scrummy, um, that's not necessarily good for me. And I don't do it when I go and brush my teeth in the evening. I'll be like, I will just do some mirror work and just go, well done. You didn't do it. Or I'll focus on how I would have felt had I had it. And then I wouldn't feel quite so good. So I tend to sort of give myself a big high five for not doing it and just like put, like you say, change that thought process mm -hmm. into something positive, positive so I can remember how I felt when I didn't have it and how good that felt. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you that's know, awesome. You, you know what I found, Anne-Marie? What's that? Uh-oh. <laughs> what's that? What's that? <laughs> Tell me. I want to know. Um... So, um, you, you, you're going along there and you, you want, you're wanting something. So you, you, you're looking at often the instant gratification mm. versus the long-term gratification. And what I was, what I was finding in myself is that because I'm not really focused and passionate about something in life and heading off in a direction, I'm getting distracted by food and arbitrary things that are really aren't there. So really the fundamental thing that I felt that I was missing was purpose in life and a direction and a focus. And uh, I think a lot of people are too comfortable in this, in, in the way the world has evolved to, you know, in the old days, you didn't plow the fields you didn't do this and that, or you didn't go hunting, you died. It was pretty simple yeah. and you had to be focused. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and these days we, we've just got a little bit too much time and too little focus, um, about where we're going and what, what we want to achieve in our existence these days. Yeah, I think you're well, bang on with that. Yeah. And I think too, all being home with COVID with, you had you know, a mom at home with the kids and it, the, the food was available and easy to get to and everybody was stressed. And if you had kids and you were homeschooling them because the schools were closed, perfect opportunity to eat <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh yeah yeah to, to that I, point I, go sorry ahead. i was just going to say i got myself hypnotized off sugar in lockdown i was just like this is a problem i need to, <laughs> i need to do something drastic yeah <laughs> really did you do that did you do i that? did i did yeah i did and then when i got covid about a year and a half later all i wanted was sugar uh, oh. <laughs> since then yeah well, one of the exercises that I try to do with my clients too is to, we start off with what's your why? Why are we losing weight? Why are you losing weight? What is the reason? And I really try to get them to do a deep dive on that because it's, I tell them it's, that's your why is what's going to keep you going because weight loss is not easy. It's not easy and it's food's going to be all around you calling at you all the time. So why do you want to do this? Is it for your health? Is it so you can travel? Is it? you have a wedding to be at. It's got to be a really compelling reason. And I, I ask them to journal it until, until they feel some emotion with it so that, so that when it, the going gets tough three weeks later, like pull that out, <laughs> go back, think about what your why is. And I, I've heard there's just been some amazing transformational stories that just keep me going. Like I had one client, she's like, I want to go to Machu Picchu and I need to lose this weight so that I can travel and I can hike and I can do all these things. And, and she did it and it was phenomenal. And another woman who was very overweight, she wanted to zip line. Oh, <laughs> and wow. yeah. And, but she, you know, she got it done. She had that, that compelling why of why she wanted to do this. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's they're afraid because their health is getting bad. Mm -hmm. They want to be around for kids or grandkids. And it's just uh, interesting to see what different, what their why is. So we spend some time on that. And then I like to encourage them to do vision boards so that they can think a little bigger, not just the losing weight part, but what do you want in your life? Kind of what you were saying. Lewis, you know, what, what is it you want in your life? And 
let's let's try to get you there. And health is a big part of it. And usually weight loss and health are pretty closely tied. It's interesting you used a phrase that we often hear, and I totally understand why we use it, but uh, weight loss is hard. And the the observation that I've come to is weight loss, the weight loss part is actually easy as can be. The hard part is just, is choosing consistently to decide what you're going to eat and when you're going to eat it. Hmm. The weight, the weight just kind of falls off when you've got the right dietary thing going on, you know. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, God, I have to work this thing off. No. Well, I mean, I tend to do the exercise anyway, but that's just – I like to speed it up a little bit. Uh-huh. But, but, I mean, you, you could be completely sedentary, change your dietary habits, and you're going to lose the weight. It's just going to happen. <laughs> it's just the yes. way it works. The hard yeah. part is are you going to change the habits? And I love the idea of focusing on what is, you know, why are you, you driven to do this? Why is this so important to you? Yeah, that is going to help you get going. You're 100% right. And yes, yeah, it, it's the journey that's hard. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going to slightly disagree with you here. Oh, this, now, this is, this is like groundbreaking here. Okay, here we go. What? Um, <laughs> I've always said to myself, and this is where the mindset comes in. I've always said, oh, I just don't lose weight easy. because it, And it comes off so slowly. And obviously in the last couple of years, now I know why it comes off slowly is because my mindset is going. So I can exercise and I can eat as healthy as I want and it still comes off slowly. So I'm trying to change that mindset because it it doesn't matter how healthy I eat, it will come off slowly. I just struggled. That's an interesting point. I I used to get... um my clients in the door, Jennifer, by advertising a weight loss challenge. Mm-hmm. And then once I got them in the door, I said, hey, guys, we're never going to use the word weight loss again. We're not going to use healthy, active body lifestyle. And that's going to be our focus. So we're not going to be focusing on weight loss because all you're going to get is more weight if you understand the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. So so you, you get them to start completely thinking, oh, I wanted to shape up a bit. Wouldn't it be nice if I looked a little thinner, a little more in shape, a little more healthier, a little more uh, exercise, a little more, a little more. So, yeah, I'm just getting them to, to, to say that all the time. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think you made a good point though, Anne Marie. And since you challenged me, I'm the one who's going to answer it by saying, yeah, I think you made a good point. <laughs> because your well, mindset so- does have to be of one of belief that you're going to lose the weight. Otherwise, even subconsciously, you're going to find ways to keep it on. Absolutely. And you can see lots of very thin people who eat nothing but fast food that isn't healthy, but their mindset might be that, oh, you know, I don't get away. I'm just, I'm slim. That's my build, you know. It, it can work anyway. I, I do think mindset has a lot to do with it. If you tell yourself, I'm always going to be fat, I'm always going to be fat, then you're always going to be fat. I always have to lose weight. I have to lose weight. I have to lose weight. Yeah. Oof. I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From a and mental point of view, you know, yeah, really getting, getting to that stage, getting to that place of, Oh, I can eat a burger because when I'm eating a McDonald's, I'm focused on the protein building my muscle. I'm focusing on the carbs fueling my brain, and I'm not thinking about anything else. And guess what? Those guys don't suffer McDonald's badly. Oh, gosh, I want to be one of them. <laughs> no, no, I used to be somebody who could do that. You don't want to be that person. No, no, no. I know. Those, those days are long gone. Um, but, but that's a powerful uh, mind that can do that. Yeah. And it takes a long time to retrain, it does. doesn't it? Yeah. So we do incorporate positive affirmations and trying to get them to post them on the mirror, on the refrigerator, on the computer, anywhere and everywhere so that they are speaking to themselves in a positive way instead of, like you said, what they don't want, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than what they do want. But that's hard. It's hard for a lot of people. I'm going to ask you a question Mm -hmm. that uh, pops up in a lot of different topics, not just uh, the health and weight loss, but just about every kind of field you can imagine. So it it comes up a lot when you're talking about law of attraction. And that is, well, what if you're stuck? Like you're just stuck in this one one place and you just can't seem to get out of it. When you get a client who says something like that, how do you go about helping them? Well, if they're stuck in their weight loss, (laughs) I think the first thing that we go to is, 
well, because the protocol, the weight loss protocol that we use is very specific and very calibrated. So the first thing that we do is let's really look at what you're eating. That's, that's not really the mindset part. It's really the science part. And it's, it's usually that they're eating something that they shouldn't be eating on the protocol. And then it's more of understanding why they're doing that and see if we can get them back on track. That's, that's hard. Mm. Yeah, I'm stuck. So I'm like, well, are you plateauing? Is your body isn't responding? Why isn't it responding? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. That's like putting on an investigative hat. That's, Mm. that's the only answer I can give you there. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fine. Yeah. It's going to be a different answer with every person anyway. So I I, I suggest to find out how people are, are thinking. Thinking out loud, it could be, there's so many reasons, but what's going on at home? Sometimes the wife's losing weight. The husband doesn't like it. So he, he's just getting too attractive. So he feels threatened. So there might be some sabotage going on at home. I've seen that. I've seen it both ways. Um, So, or, or you suddenly are getting attention that you don't really want a woman could start getting that attention and she could be like, well, maybe I don't really want to lose anymore because it's protective. It's very mm. self-protective to carry weight because um, you don't get the attention. So uh, yeah, that could be a lot of things going on there. A couple interesting observations there. Yeah. I'm not sure I would have thought of those. I can relate to that. Can you? I can relate to that because I, I realized that I associated being thin, my thinner days, as being my unhappiest days. So I kind of associated when I'm thin, I'm unhappy. So I had to kind of work on that one. One can see why you would not want to go back with being fat as being happy. Sorry? Did you associate with being fat as being happy as the opposite of what the other thinking? No. No, not at all. It's, it's, but I think, I'm trying to think of the right word. I think when you're content, you kind of eat a bit more and you don't worry so much. So I think for me, even, and also moments of stress, but I just, so I, I think because I'm a lot happier, I'm the biggest I've ever been. And I'm that, you know, I'm really, really happy with who I am now, where I'm going. I'm grateful for all that I've got. I'm probably more content in life. Um, so when I look back at how unhappy I was and I related to like not eating proper food and eating half of what I probably should eat a day and not looking after myself to get to a thinness, it was just all deprivation. It sounds like you're almost talking like a path of least resistance. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Cause yeah. That, that, that's the easy way. So I'm going to go the easy way. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Mm. And the path of least resistance leads to the path of most allowing. That's also true. Yes. Well, and it is interesting that it seems like married couples, once they get married, they do settle in and they are happy. Then it's like, there's not that pressure to look a certain way because you're trying to attract a mate. Mm. So that's some of that weight does come on then, (laughs) but it's, that's out of probably happiness. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> to a it point. Can work either way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that can work the other way too. It can work both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you wrote your book. Oh, actually, you contributed to the book. How many people contributed to that book? Uh, I think there was eight. Eight women. Eight people. Okay. Yeah. And, and what was your segment about? It was really about my divorce and uh, everything that happened because of it. So mm. that all the struggles and, but it was also about all the tools that I learned and the journey I went on to really find myself and to heal myself and to, to get back to a place of, of happiness. Jennifer, did you have many epiphanies? Oh gosh. Yeah, I, I, the biggest epiphany was the day I decided I wasn't going to stay in the marriage anymore. <laughs> yeah, that okay. was the big epiphany. And I was, I was 54 and I just, 
I remember standing outside. We lived on 11 acres on this beautiful property. And I just said, is this it? Is this my life? You know, I, I was just so unhappy in the marriage. Mm. That was a real epiphany. And I was like, no, I think I have some good years left in me. So, um, it was really scary. It was a huge decision, but, uh, yeah, that was like, uh, like, a an aha awakening moment for me. Um, that was a, that was a really big one. Uh, you know, another epiphany for me was, um, I'd always relied on my ex-husband. He, he handled all the, the finances and I really had felt like now I can look back and say, I really gave all my power away to him. And so going through all that I went through, learning how to stand on my own two feet, learning how to take care of myself, having no one to take care of me, but me was huge. And so I, I now feel that I have this like strength that, you know, I, I can take care of myself and I probably stayed in the marriage a lot longer than I should have, would have, if I'd known that I, if I was that confident that I could take care of myself, but mm-hmm. it was very scary. Was so very the flip scary. side is you actually gained some really powerful skills by going through that traumatic experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just manage my business myself. I mean, I have professionals like CPAs and things like that, but he did all the taxes. He did, he did everything and uh, not well, (laughs) which is what got us into all kinds of trouble. That's not uh, good. No, it wasn't (laughs) good. And then ending up going through bankruptcy because of it. And it was just Mm. terrible. Um, But uh, also uh, just learning because I was pretty angry and hurt and frustrated and, learning to take up a gratitude practice because it was at a time when poof was I not feeling grateful about much of anything. And I, I had a woman I went to and she, she said, Oh, we're going to get you on this different track here. And she says, I want you to get a journal and I want you to fill it up with statements of gratitude. And I, I, I was at my lowest at that point. I think I had just heard from the IRS that they were auditing me and I owed them all this money. And it was just like, you're kidding me. One more thing. <laughs> so, um, I think I was crying and she's, but I'm, but I also knew that I would do anything I could to make myself better, mm. heal myself, feel better. So I was like, give me the, I'll get the book and I'll do it. And, uh, you know, starting very simply, like I like to tell people when I tell them that this is a good practice. If you have to start with, you know, I'm, I'm grateful I have a bed to sleep in. I'm grateful yeah. I have food to eat. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful I have a car to drive. But then that that practice will expand upon itself. And yes, I did that whole book. Not in one night, <laughs> but I did it. Absolutely. Which people I'm, I'm and books did, uh, did, did influence you the most? I'm curious. Uh, it, it, I'm sorry, I which books and or people influenced you the most? Oh, well, okay. Deepak Chopra okay. was a huge influence and is a huge influence for me. So when I was feeling so lost and scared, uh, he was doing his 90-day, uh, uh, I think they were 90 days. Maybe they were, no, maybe they were 21 days. He was doing those 21-day meditations, and I hadn't really meditated. So I started listening to those, and I his voice alone was just so comforting. But that took me on a meditation path. Uh, I have a very wonderful woman that I was going to for like a massage, Reiki massage. And she put me on this path of Kundalini yoga, which I found incredibly healing. That, mm. that, that was the one place where I could go and do that yoga and I felt better. I just felt better. Which, which chakras um, did, did you feel the most relief from? Oh, I, I don't know. We, you know, we, we were starting at the basics because <laughs> that was all new for me. And I think I just had a lot of healing from all my chakras, <laughs> but, uh, with Kundalini, if you're familiar with it, with mm-hmm. Kundalini, it's just that feeling of that elevation of that getting into the higher chakras. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where in a, a lot of the, the, just feeling high, you know, almost mm. high in it, in a good, very good way. So that was a big part of my journey was going in that direction. I know that didn't really answer the question about the books, but Chopra was very big for me. Um, and then I went on to become a Chopra meditation teacher. So I actually oh. went through his program and uh, it's primordial sound meditation is what he specializes in. So um, 
That was, that was a big one. Um, of course, I'm going to just draw a blank now on all my favorite books. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Or even if you can just think of other influences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or was it just Deepak? Well, was Deepak could... B1? Well, for meditation, really, honestly, but I, I do love, you know, finding other meditations on, on YouTube and, mm-hmm. um, just having a total name fade. Um, <laughs> but the, the Kundalini was, was really transformative for me, uh, just hugely. Uh, and, and Reiki, and I went on to get my Reiki one and my Reiki two, cause mm-hmm. I just, not that I really practice that. Uh, I don't, have, you know, I don't have people come to me for that. I just wanted to, to learn it for myself and, mm-hmm. you know, use it a little bit around me. So yeah, those, yeah. And I just, I've, uh, Deepak has so many books that I've read. Oh, and then I went on to decide that I wanted to do more with the weight loss than just the, this is what you eat. This is when you sleep. This is how much you eat. These are the vegetables. I wanted to go beyond that. So that's when I decided to, to go and get my holistic nutrition certification because I really wanted to go in that direction. And that was really interesting, learning so much more about foods and food as medicine and uh, a little bit of um, herbalism in there, very little. Um, I just fascinated with it. I don't practice that. But yeah, just like a whole new world, really. Yeah, what you're really doing is, is expanding your knowledge base. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you started with uh, a need or perhaps two needs, depending on how you want to define it. And then you were driven to continue with it. You, you, you had that strong motivation. You had that, that, like Louis was talking about, you had that goal you were trying to achieve, that yeah. place you were trying to get to. And when you had that, uh, in place, when you had that going like that, you just wanted to keep absorbing, right? So the Reiki, mm-hmm. for instance, you were absorbing information about how does body energy work? How does energy work in, yeah. in general? I mean, mm-hmm. that's basically what you're picking up from that. Um, yes. Or when you're getting your, your nutrition certificate, you're, you're, you're learning more about, well, you know, how does the body work? What, what, what is the biology behind this? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what roles do the various kinds of food types play and so forth? Yeah. You're just absorbing energy, absorbing energy in the form of information is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always fascinated and about these things and going through that holistic nutrition program, you know, things that I hadn't really thought about, about when you eat meat that has been grown, uh, not grown, but you know, uh, like the, mm-hmm. the chickens that are all corralled and how are they treated inhumanely and they're not free range and they're not organic. And same with the beef. When you never having really thought about that, it was suddenly it was like, Oh, I get that. Like if I eat that trauma that those animals have been through, how is that affecting my body? Mm-hmm. I grew up in a, a family that it was just very disconnected. Food was not connected to your body whatsoever. So it always seems so very separate. And that's something I've learned along the way is how connect, you know, how really literally connected it is that what we eat really is very important for what's going on inside our bodies. And that, that's been part of my whole journey the last probably 15 years, I'd say. Um, I call that the energetic connection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So getting much more in tune with all of that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, your practice. I mean, the services you offer and, you know, the coaching and all that kind of stuff. Talk sure. about that for a bit. Yeah. So, uh, so pre-COVID, it was all in person. So we <laughs> would do uh, health coaching and we use uh, very, this, as I was mentioning, a very specific protocol. We use this method called the Ideal Protein Weight Loss Method, which is actually a company out of can protocol and their food. So it's low carb, low fat. Uh, it's ketogenic, very specific, but with um, coaching along the way. So we have that for weight loss and it's very effective. Uh, I do group coaching more on the mindset piece. Um, and we do food inflammation testing because that's another thing that I found was like, oh, we could be eating all the right things we think, but what if those foods are causing some kind of inflammatory response in our bodies that we don't know it? So perhaps that's a good place to start. Let's find out what's actually triggering inflammation in the body. Let's take those foods out and then we can continue from there. Are you so talking we, about muscle testing? Or? 
No, it's actually blood tests. Blood, uh, right. Yeah, it's just a finger stick, and I have a lab I work with, and they'll give us all the results of the different foods, and you know, on a scale of like one to four, what kind of inflammation is uh, occurring in the body. So then we do an elimination uh, uh, program for that. So those so are something really... else that might help too. By the way, I mean, this is just something you might want to look into. We had a guest on. This past uh, June, I think it was, he calls himself the hydrogen man. And he was all about uh, using hydrogen as a healing modality. Okay. And I ended up, at, uh, at his recommendation, I ended up getting one of these hydrogen machines. They're fairly pricey. It's like a $2,500 machine. But um, my purpose was I have had, uh, I've experienced macular degeneration for many years. And one of the key elements of that is inflammation. And he was talking about how it reduces inflammation. So I said, okay, I'm already doing things. I'm taking vitamins and so forth to, to keep the inflammation down. And I had actually made considerable progress with that, but I wanted to go the extra mile. I said, okay, I'll get the machine and ended up getting some blood work done this past November and found the, the, the doctor that I was doing this through didn't know about all that. I hadn't given her all that information. And she came back. She says, you have some of the lowest inflammation levels I've ever seen. Wow. So just, just wanted to let you know this hydrogen stuff apparently works pretty well. You might want to look into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I know there's a lot of things now. There's like the infrared saunas and just the, the, I forget what it's called, but it's some machine you get in and it freezes you for like a minute. And that's, I don't know if that's cryotherapy cryo cryotherapy cryostasis but it's like for just like a minute (laughs) it's it's something about that extreme cold is supposed to promote healing and reduce uh inflammation so yeah there's there's just a lot of things coming along these days that are really interesting yeah no doubt about that so okay so that um let's see what were the things you mentioned um uh, food, food inflammation testing, the right. nutrition coaching, the weight loss protocol. Um, I'm considering maybe offering some meditation classes just to add one more thing. I, I build it into my group coaching, but um, mm. maybe Is the group separate. coaching like the, the focus for what you do? It's in addition to just running the business, that's my forte is mm-hmm. to do the group coaching, to mm-hmm. do the mindset piece. Yeah. Uh, and have the, the health coaches do the A to B to Z types of stuff, you know, what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat. It, so. it makes a lot of sense to me just because in my ex- personal experience and in all the conversations that I've had with you know, hundreds of people who've been on the program, the, the situations where people gain the most are where they're in one-to-one or at least one-to-many contact, actual contact with, with somebody who's providing the service to talk things through to, you know, go over the here's and what's and wherefores of it and have that human interaction in order to better handle what it is that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, courses are great. There's nothing wrong with, especially online courses are very easy to offer and so forth. But I don't think there's any substitute for that human connection. Yeah. That's just my take on it. So I, that's why I'm interested in your group classes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I was saying before was that when COVID hit, uh, I closed the brick and mortar and that's when we shifted mm-hmm. to completely virtual. So now we do all of our coaching by zoom and mm-hmm. direct shift products if we need to. But I think you're a hundred percent right that that human connection is so important. Not only are we helping to hold someone accountable, but mm-hmm. I think we're the cheerleader, you know, we're lifting them up yep. or we're yay. You know, you did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you lost two pounds. It's like, woohoo. Cause maybe they don't have anybody in their life to, to do that for them. So, and me and all my coaches are very accessible. So we're like, if you need to text me, text me. If you're having a moment, just text me, call me, you know, phone a friend. We're here. I, I think also that human connection is in of itself one of those reasons for continuing to keep going. Like you were talking earlier about, you know, what what is it that you, that you're trying to get to? Why why are you wanting to pursue this goal, whatever the goal is? One of the reasons to pursue a goal is to have human connections. I mean, we we are even the most um, uh, cave dwelling type human who who just is constantly off by himself or herself still has a need for human connection to some level, to some degree. Yeah. And if you, especially if you're going through something challenging like that, boy, that human connection can make a huge difference. I, I mean, I've actually had clients who never lost a pound, but they never missed an appointment because they just wanted to come in and be with somebody. 
it was mm. kind of sad, but mm. you know, that we at least we could provide that for them. But after a while, I'm like, I'm taking your money, but I don't <laughs> feel good about it because <laughs> you're not losing anything. You know, do, so. do you ever do what my my ex is a former psychotherapist, and one of her big things when she was offering therapeutic services was to say, "I want you to either grow or go." Mm. I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep taking your money if you're not going uh-huh. to do any of the of, of the stuff to actually improve. Yeah, so it, it doesn't really help you to come here and just do talk therapy all the time. You, yeah. you've got to actually take something home away from it and apply it. Right. Yes, and that's sometimes that's a really hard conversation. It's it like, is. Yeah, I, I'll keep taking your money, but you know, <laughs> are you going to stop doing what you're doing or do something different? Because this is silly. <laughs> after a while, what's well, what they call a comfort zone, or what I call yeah. a familiar zone, you know, you're, you, or a safety zone. It's often called. Yeah. You know, it, it feels safe there, so I'm not going to do any growing. Mm-hmm. I used yeah, to work yeah. work with a whole lot of um, personal trainers. And, uh, you know, I was doing my weight loss thing in the back, in the background in the, in the area. And they were, um, you know, coming to me and saying, uh, you know, it's much better just get to get them to do the physical stuff and all the rest of it. Um, you know, get them to do the exercise because, you know, they're PT. So I said to them, you know, how, how are you doing as, as a business? And they'd say, yeah, very well. I said, well, explain that to me. So I've got like 50 clients and they've been with me for years. I said, well, you don't seem to be very successful, do you? Because <laughs> they're still there. <laughs> yeah. I, I said, know. My guys come and go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I teach them to stand down two feet and, and off they go. Louis does like, uh, you know, the, the, the cold washcloth approach. Like, here it is, water in the face. Now you're going to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this has been really an interesting conversation, though. Um, tell people a little bit more about how to find you. Uh, well, first of all, your book. I, I presume that the book is available on Amazon. Most books are. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, it's still available all- on Amazon. And the podcast, I presume, can, can be found on any podcast platform. Yes, it can be found on any any podcast platform. It's out there, Apple, Spotify, all of them. And uh, Unbreakable Spirit, uh, in, it's inspiring stories of women surviving and thriving. Uh, okay. And it's just some amazing stories on there. I, I just think if you need some inspiration, it, it's a great there's some great stories. Um, and I could spend another hour just talking about those stories. <laughs> um, but for, for the weight loss, um, uh, my, my website, it's www.thenumber7company.com. So not seven spelled out, just the number because we're all about the number seven. So www.7company.com. I'm on Facebook as seven company, uh, Instagram is seven company weight loss on YouTube, Seven Company Weight Loss. So I'm everywhere that you can find me. Just Seven Company, I'll come up and or Jennifer Seven. And I am happy to offer a free discovery call consultation with anyone that wants to talk about their health goals. And I just help direct them and figure out which way to go. So I'm always open to, to anything like that for anybody that's interested. That's a beautiful thing. I love that. Um so thank you for, for coming on the program. One thing I, I do like to do with my guests, and I want to do it with you too, because as part of running a business, you know what it's like. You're always um, reaching out. You're, you're talking to people. You're doing podcasts. You're writing books. You're doing blog pieces, whatever. But you're putting out all kinds of information, and a lot of it's being consumed by people you'll never meet and you'll never see. But you're helping them, and you don't actually get any direct credit for that. You don't even know it's happening. You just kind of know peripherally it's happening. That's about it. So I like to make it a point to say, on behalf of those people who you've never met, you've never seen, who you've been helping all this time, thank you for what you've been doing. And thank you for what you continue to do. Oh, you're so welcome. I I love what I do. That helps a lot, doesn't it? Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Loving what you do. Yeah, and thank you for having me on. Oh, glad to have you. Glad to have you. Thank you for sharing your story. And Amory and Louis, thank you for your wonderful input as well. In fact, Amory, for the first time in months, you actually challenged me on something. That was wonderful. I love that. <laughs> you got to do that more often. Get used to it, Walt. <laughs> <laughs>
starting a trend. Here we go. Okay. I just opened the lion's den. That's okay. It's a good thing. So thank you guys very much. Thank you to podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye. Everyone. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.